What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Rock Behind the Climbing, the podcast where I talk about the coolest, most intense part of rock climbing, the rocks! I forgot to mention it last time, but I am your host, Quinn Todzo, the Jazz Hammer, and this episode I traveled to Sonoma Coast State Park in the North San Francisco Bay Area to escape the wildfire smoke and do a little bouldering in an area that felt almost enchanted. Welcome aboard. Now, before I get into the episode, I wanted to address a little bit of the feedback, no pun intended, that I received on my last one. It was mostly positive reviews, which is really exciting for me. As I've shared this podcast and talked about it with my friends and peers, people seem genuinely interested in it and enthusiastic when I talk to them, which just gives me a lot of joy. The biggest criticism that I received was that sometimes the podcast sounded a bit choppy because of the microphone. This is probably because I actually recorded the whole thing on my phone. Sadly, I do not have a working microphone, but I will get it by the next episode, I promise. Especially when that sweet sponsorship money starts to kick in, I'll make some much-needed upgrades to the old stew. Point is, I'm really excited about this podcast and would love to hear what you guys think, so feel free to comment, critique, or just reach out, because I really want this to be good. Alright, let's get on with it. For those who don't know, pretty much all of California became inundated with smoke after a huge statewide lightning storm sparked a ton of fires all around. 2020, at it again. Looking at an air pollution map, basically everywhere except select parts of the North Coast were pretty terrible, so my decision on where to go for a day trip was easy. I was headed north to get some climbing in. Like any reasonable person, my plan was to wake up at like 6am, drive up about 3 hours to a spot called Salt Point, go for my weekend long run, climb the rest of the day, and then come back. To my surprise, no one else was interested in joining me, but I was determined to get out of the smoke and get out on some rock, so I went for it solo. However, as you might have expected from the title of this episode, I did not actually make it to Salt Point because of, you guessed it, more fires. I really do want to make it out to Salt Point one of these days, but on this particular day, all the roads to Salt Point from the South Bay were closed. It took all of three different roads that were blocked off for me to realize I probably wouldn't make it to Salt Point. But from some prior research of the Bay Area climbing areas, I recognized Sonoma Coast State Park when I drove past it. So I figured, what the heck, and checked it out for the day. Okay, so here I was, very close to an active major fault, standing on an eerily flat plane, and something about that just doesn't immediately compute. Typically you think fault line equals crazy topography, but without considering the 100-foot sheer cliff on the side, I was suspicious of such a flat area. Well, it's actually a very interesting phenomenon that is a relatively recent development within the last 300,000 years. Keyword there, relative. So this feature is actually called a marine terrace and is actually part of a series of flat planes that act like huge steps coming up from the ocean. In the notes, I've linked a screenshot of the topography of this area, and you can see how the land gets higher and higher from the water in a stepwise fashion with many terraces succeeding the one right next to the water. These marine terraces are a product of two different processes, 
uplift from tectonic plate action, and changes in sea level. The sequence of these two processes vary with each terrace in different locations, but the idea is that the sea first gently deposits sediments along the shore, making a flat bed. And then, through a combination of fault slipping along with the sea level dropping, these flat beds appear very high. At the subsequent sea level, the cycle continues, depositing more sediment and then the flat sedimentary plane getting uplifted, thus creating multiple terraces. This means that the sea level at one point was actually at that flat plane at the top of Sonoma Coast. But wait, let's rewind a sec and talk about these changes in sea level because it's a bit weird and pretty relevant in the world at the moment. So throughout the lifespan of the Earth, there have been fluctuating cyclical warm periods and cold periods. Scientists haven't exactly agreed on what causes this cyclical fluctuation, but just know that these periods happened. The cold periods are called glacial periods, or ice ages, where the world is mostly covered in glaciers and is really cold. Also, subsequently, the sea levels drop during these periods because a lot of the Earth's water is trapped in glaciers and on land. However, during the periods of time between the ice ages, known as interglacial periods, the glaciers melt and the sea levels rise. Sound familiar? Currently, we are in the process of coming out of an ice age towards a warm interglacial period. The human-induced climate change is basically speeding up that process of getting to a full-on interglacial period, but that's a whole other topic of discussion. But so yeah, it's when the world was super cold and covered in glaciers that the marine terraces got exposed, along with, of course, the uplift from the nearby fault. So for those of you listening that are from California or have spent some time on the coast, the description of these beach cliff terraces may actually sound pretty familiar. That's because it's pretty common to see up and down the coast of California. In fact, these marine terraces actually cause huge problems for cities up and down the coast in California because they're very prone to erosion. Along with the normal methods of erosion like water runoff and rainfall, the weakly cemented terrace deposits also have to endure waves crashing up against them over and over, which eventually causes the bottom to give way and for the cliff to collapse, which is actually what makes them have such sheer drop-offs. This erosion has been an ongoing issue up and down the coast where these marine terraces are present, especially in cases like the city of Pacifica, which is just south of San Francisco, where there are developments and infrastructure that come right up against the edge of the cliff. Luckily, at Sonoma Coast State Park, the road and climbing area, for that matter, are pretty far from getting eroded. While we're off topic, I figured I would also make a quick note about the pygmy forests, which are actually a unique feature of the marine terraces, specifically on the north coast. When I was doing research for this episode, I ran into some papers about these so-called pygmy forests that are basically like these thousand-year-old forests full of tiny little trees that grow on marine terraces. I didn't spend a whole lot of time looking into it, but allegedly it's because the sand deposits aren't very nutrient-dense, so the trees end up not growing very tall. It seems super cool, though, and when I end up back on the North Coast, I will check it out. 
And maybe if you're only feeling a short day of climbing up at Sonoma Coast, you might feel inclined to check out the Pygmy Forest as well. If you do, please let me know how it goes. Uh, I would love to hear about it. I can just hear my brother's voice in my head complaining about not getting to the climbing. I promise we are getting there. Honestly, though, I'm not sure how you'd be able to send any of these climbs at Sonoma Coast State Park without first knowing about the ice ages and pygmy forests. Also, with the dense and mysterious fog blanketing the cliffside of our hypothetical castle, it only makes sense to have an enchanted forest full of miniature trees to complete the setting for this almost almost mythical area. And I was the weary prince, lost from a long journey, who decided to take refuge here in this kingdom for the day. You know, while I didn't meet my destined princess, for, per se, I did have a sweet, intimate time with some Franciscan melange, which I will take. <laughs> Sick transition. The sea stacks are the remnants of the melange that used to be there and got eroded away and then covered by the marine terrace deposit. In some cases, the sediment didn't completely cover this geologic unit, thus making for areas where it's sticking up out of the ground, making for a nice little crag, if you ask me. Again, there are a few cool climbing areas that are part of this Franciscan melange, so I'm going to save talking about it in detail for another episode. Along with the terrace deposits, These sea stacks are also not unique to just Sonoma Coast State Park. Sea stacks poking up just off the shore are present starting from San Francisco itself all the way up the coast to Mendocino, which is about three and a half, four hours away by car, because the Franciscan Melange unit actually stretches up that far. The whole drive up the coast is this awesome confluence of flat terrace next to sheer cliffs overlooking jagged rocks. It is these sea stacks that are now on land that are home to some really fun bouldering and top roping. As a quick side note, I think that there's actually a ton of climbing areas and lines still yet to be discovered along the North Coast, especially if you're into deep water soloing. As for today, though, I'm going to talk about the well-established sunset boulders in the Goat Rock climbing area. Wow, uh, I went a little further into the background geology for this episode, but I think that those terrace deposits are so interesting and omnipresent that they were just, like, worth getting into. Actually, though, the weirdest and most insane part of this climbing area is still yet to come, so hang with me. So the Goat Rock climbing area is located at the northernmost point of the park on top of the Marine Terrace. It is located about a quarter mile from the road, right on the Cordum hiking trail that traverses along the side of the cliff. The terrace is very open, and aside from the tall brown grass, there's very little foliage, which makes the so-called sunset boulders completely stick out when you look out on the plain. The area consists of like five or so pieces of what seems like a split-up sea stack and stand as much as 30 feet tall, making for some nice top roping and slightly scary bouldering on some routes. So my first climb of the day was on one of these routes called Midterm, which I've linked below. It's basically this 15-foot crack that at the top widens up and overhangs slightly before topping out. When I arrived, there was a guy who was very frustrated working on this problem, so I decided to come over and work on it with him, while maintaining proper social distancing and COVID protocols, of course. The route feels really nice for the first part. 
The crack has really good friction. There are decent footholds outside and within the crack, but things start to get tricky once you get to the part where the crack begins to open up and expose new faces of the rock. Once I got to this point, I was at least 10 feet off the ground and could not, for the life of me, figure out where to put my hands. It seemed like everywhere I grabbed, the rock felt completely sheared and smooth. It had now been 30 seconds, and I was just hanging on with my right hand, feeling around with my left hand for anything. Falling is just not a great option at this point. Luckily, I was able to find a slightly higher right foothold, somehow reach across my body to the top overhang with my left hand, pull myself up a bit, and then grab a nice right hand with my right to get me up and over the top. What was pretty remarkable about this climb, though, was that it went from having such nice friction holds and good footing at the bottom to completely sheared when the crack opened up. I was a little thrown off, I have to say, coupled with the fact that my heart was pounding in fear as I was stagnated 10 feet off the ground with just glass all around me. Upon closer inspection after climbing down, I noticed that this rock has very thin laminations that indicates that this rock is actually metamorphic and has a foliation plane responsible in part for why the rock is so smooth in some parts but rough in others. I should note that it is pretty hard to tell what the protolith or original rock before the metamorphism was. Given that this rock is part of the melange, it could have very well been a combination of a few different rock types before getting metamorphosed. To explain what's going on here, a metamorphic rock is a rock that started out as one rock type, but through a later increase in heat, pressure, or both, the rock changes in its form. This particular rock went through a blue schist type of metamorphism, meaning that it became a metamorphic rock primarily due to a large increase in pressure rather than temperature. Through, you guessed it, tectonic action, the rock was buried really deep underground and was under so much pressure that the crystal structure that makes up the original rock got rearranged perpendicular to the direction of the pressure before this rock was brought back up to the surface, thus creating that thin layering called foliation. So the foliation actually creates a plane of weakness within the rock that results in a sheared, slick surface whenever the foliation is oriented in the same direction as the rock face. The cool thing about these boulders is that you can climb on all sides of them and really see the areas where the foliation is in line with the rock face and places where it isn't. This results in areas that are slick and areas that are rough. So now you might be asking, hey yo jazz hammer, Shouldn't the foliation be oriented in the same direction across all the rocks? Why the heck does the foliation change directions on me sometimes? <laughs> well, what I would guess is that it has to do with the way the sea stack is split and warped over time because the foliation planes just represent the orientation of the rock when it was first getting metamorphosed. So a cool climb where you can see the metamorphism in action is on the climb titled Skullcracker which is labeled as a V2 plus and is linked in the description. I should note that I didn't actually complete this climb, just figured I should get that out there. Next time. <laughs> anyway, the uh, climb starts on a slick overhang with very few holds. 
aside from this one big cutout. Then as you get up and over the lip, you start to find holds that are cut against the grain, which are way better than anything you could try to grab at the beginning. If you're like me and end up spending more time just looking at this problem than actually climbing it, you might notice some small red crystals on the sheared underside. These are called garnets, which are crystals that form during metamorphism. They don't have anything to do with the actual climbing itself, but, uh, you know, are kind of fun to look out for. So although the Goat Rock climbing area at Sonoma Coast State Park is kind of small, I found the climbing to be really fun. The holds, for the most part, are really well-defined and generally pretty rough aside from where it's sheared, and the climbing was just such a joy. Next time I come, I will be sure to take my rope with me because some of those top ropes seemed pretty fun, and although there were a few people sending those routes as highball boulders, I think I'd prefer a rope so I don't end up in a situation like I was in on that first route. There was, though, one thing that just didn't add up about this climbing area. My favorite route of the entire day was the Big Traverse, which starts on one side of a boulder, consequently the same boulder as that first scary problem that I talked about, and wraps almost all the way around. So the route starts out, and there are these nice friction holds with good footing, making the first, pri- first part pretty nice and doable. Then you turn a corner, and although there's this big lip with some decent holds, the Traverse starts to get a lot harder. Before you know it, you reach the crux where everything becomes pretty slick and really tough to climb. What's interesting, though, is that you can still see the foliation planes on the face of the rock. So this slick face actually doesn't really have to do with the metamorphism of the rock. Taking a step back, you can see that the whole face of this ro- the rock on this side looks pretty sheared, which is just kind of confusing. So I was a little puzzled by this, but I kind of just chalked it up, no pun intended, to having to do with like the uplift process, causing the rock to shear at some point, or I don't know, like whatever. However, as I've come to find out through my research for this episode, that is not the prevailing theory as to why the rock is like this. What scientists believe happened at this particular sheared surface is actually from woolly mammoths using it to, quote, groom themselves. Like, basically, this rock face was a woolly mammoth back scratcher. I am not making this up, and I've linked the publication in the episode description. Apparently, these boulders are located along an ancient mammoth migration route. So when the mammoths were traveling, they could stop at these boulders and have a little rub. (laughs) These animals were so huge that this rubbing is what caused the rock to shear in this way. Freaking wild. So in turn, the other name for the sunset boulders are the mammoth rocks because of the mammoths that would also come here and hang out at this crazy location. There's a really good photo of this face on the Mountain Project website that I've linked, and I highly suggest checking it out along with the rest of my photos. So we have like woolly mammoths, pygmy forests, marine terraces with 100-foot cliffs, and sea stacks, all part of the narrative behind this variable metamorphic rock that changes with every turn in the goat rock climbing area of Sonoma Coast State Park. What was originally an accident and fallback climbing location 
turned out to be this awesome location with an insane backstory. I don't know about you, but it all seems pretty magical to me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to learn more, see the photos from my trip out here or explore some of the climbs that I mentioned, I have those links in the description below. Also, I welcome any feedback you have, so please feel free to reach out uh, through the comments and maybe tell me a spot that you want to see covered in the future. With that, uh, check out Sonoma Coast State Park, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Jazz Hammer out.